Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Healthy Tech Talk Show. This is a show that we combine holistic health techniques with technology. Now, that's kind of an odd combination, I know. But in this podcast show, I'm going to show you why I do the crazy things I do. (laughs) And why I've come up with a concept for this podcast show. And I think once you understand my training the educational opportunities, the people that have influenced my life, you'll say, oh, well, okay, I can see where he may feel that way or think that way or theorize that way. Because there's been some great people that have come into my life and said, Rick, look at this. This is scientifically based, and you can combine it over here with the holistic health community, and this is how it fits. I've had some brilliant instructors in college. But before we go on the show, um, I want to tell you about... uh, some stuff. Let's have a cup of tea, shall we? My wife goes down to Vancouver and she buys this wonderful, wonderful tea at a place called Steeps. And the, the website is called steepstea.com. S-T-E-E-P-S-T-E-A.com. And they're herbal infusions. And this one, this particular one is called Afternoon Blend Honeybush Aniseeds Fennel Elderberry Blossoms in Honey Anise Flavor. So we've got one, and you know, we've got a huge cupboard. We've got a huge cupboard full of this stuff. It's just crazy. But, and you can only get them in these little piddly cans. I suppose you could get more, but she, she wants to taste them. You see, she wants to test them before she makes a big decision. So we've got like a half a million of these things. The next one is Secret Garden, a delightful blend of spearmint, blackberries, and peppermint, refreshing on cool nights. We're getting to my favorite almost. So the next one is Moonlight Lavender. Doesn't that sound, doesn't that just invoke, oh my goodness, just relaxing. (laughs) An incredibly soothing blend of lavender flowers, mint, rosemary, and sage. And here's what I'm drinking now. Excuse me just for a moment. Mm. We are drinking. You're going to like this. This is unusual. It's called Sencha, S-E-N-C-H-A. A pan-fried delicate, yeah, you heard me right, pan-fried, a pan-fried delicate green tea with a vitalizing vegetal aroma and smooth aftertaste. They pan-fried this tea. But, oh boy, oh my, if this was smell-a-podcast or smell-a-vision, you would say, wow, this is good stuff. So now that tea time is over, Let's get on with the podcast show, shall we? Some podcast shows you go to and you watch the video. And they're very, very entertaining visually. They've got a lot of beautiful background stuff. And they've got their signs and their logos. And they can do a lot of manipulation on the computer screens, which is really neat. Some you don't see. They just do an audio podcast and they will read from a script. Right? And so you, don't, you can't visually see their, their body actions or their eye contact or what they're doing or their guests. So we've decided to videotape almost every single podcast show. Now, my lovely wife is, uh, uh, is usually my co-host here, but she can't join me today. This is going to be a solo podcast because technology got in the way, and I'll tell you what I'm ta- talking about. I have, in the studio, I have uh, a mixing board, a Yamaha professional mixing board, and I have microphones that go, you know, all over the place, and then they go into the mixing board. But before they go into the mixing board, they go through a pre-tube amplifier. And this amplifier is called the Applied Research and Technology Professional Tube Mic Pre-Amplifier. Now, 
we have one of these per microphone, and we have two microphones. Last week I was doing a podcast show, and I completely lost audio. And I mean, it completely went away. So I'm fiddling with this. <laughs> I'm thinking, what is going on? There's obviously a loose connection. So I have to take this back to the store. But I'll tell you what, if you're a podcaster, and that happens, you get a little jittery because uh, there's no audio. <laughs> So that's the reason my wife isn't joining us, because we're down to one microphone preamplifier. And it was so funny, because when I went into the store, and I did research, and I said, yeah, this is the one that I'm going to settle for. I went into the store, and I said to the fellow, I'd like this particular um, preamplifier, please. And he did this. He looked around, and he went. <laughs> he said, okay, I'll sell you the preamplifier, but you've got to use the Russian tubes. <laughs> and I said, what? He said, you got to use the Russian tubes. I said, why? He said, well, they just make your, your podcast so much smoother and the Russian tubes are where it's at. You have to promise me that you will use Russian tubes. I said, well, how much are they? He said, $20 a piece. And I said, you're going to put them in? He said, well, yeah, I'll put them in for them. Yeah. I said, because if I put them in and I break them, it's $20. If you put them in and you break them, you're buying another tube, right? He said, oh, yeah. I said, okay, go ahead. So we've got the Russian tubes. <laughs> so I have to tell the guy at the store, look, <laughs> i got a Russian tube in there, and I want you to transfer that very valuable Russian tube over to the new one. If you can't fix this one, okay, if you can just fix the power supply connector, more power to you. But I want my Russian tube. <laughs> Once you've been spoiled by Russian tubes, you'll never go back. <laughs> so odd how people get passionate about things, right? Yeah, it's interesting. Okay, so <clears throat> going back to, to my eclectic mix, some people you get to see on, on camera very highly, uh, there's a lot of visual stuff going on, and you're watching them visually. Other people, you're just listening to the, uh, to the uh, podcast show, and, you, and you're not p paying particularly close attention to the picture, or you're using an iPod, so you're not going to get a picture. This show is going to be a combination of both. So sometimes you're going to see me reading, actually reading a script. And, he, and here's why. When I do my research, I'm a guy, I'm a man. I forget stuff. So if I kind of wing the show, like wing it, like the, the professionals, I mean, look at Leo Laporte. He is just so good. He has a, of course, he has a show outline, but he has his guests there. And he asks a question and he puts it out and then he just kind of can stand there and sit back and enjoy and, and interact with his, uh, with his guests. <clears throat> but I am not built like that. <laughs> when I have something that I think is really, really important to share with the audience, I want to research it, I want to I type it down on the, on the page, print it out, and then read it off so I know and you know that I haven't missed anything. <laughs> just believe me. When you ask a guy, what do you have for breakfast? Um, um, he's got to think about it. Right? I don't know if it's a guy thing or what, but we're just not real, really attuned to, um, to remembering stuff. I think that's maybe why my wife remembers an argument like from 1993, and I, I don't know where it went in my head. It's, it's gone. So, um, yeah, let's continue. <laughs> All right. So here we go. And I'm going to explain. Once you hear the spoken words off this, these pages, you'll begin to get to understand, oh, that's why he wants to put the podcast show together. Okay, I understand that. And I'm going to be talking today about reflexology because 
I uh, am a reflexologist and I used to teach reflexology. So I have a love, I have a soft spot in my heart for reflexology, and here is why. You ready? Okay. Here we go. I promised you that I would produce a weekly podcast show many, many moons ago, and I've not kept my promise yet. In this podcast, however, we delve into the wonderful world of reflexology, what it is and what it isn't, and what you can do with it to lessen your stress while sitting in front of your computer terminal. Did you know you can do that? It's fascinating. This podcast show and others that will surely follow will be a wonderful combination of helpful tips, tricks, practical solutions, and other suggestions that you can use right out of the box. Here's what I am proposing. One 30-minute podcast show each week. I also do another podcast show that is called Eflexonics. It's a business-to-business directory. That's, we talk about business, technically-based directory that focuses on my hometown of Abbotsford, British Columbia. Well, any fans of the show um, Corner Gas, <laughs> that, that focused on a, a little town in Saskatchewan. So I always, I always keep that in the back of my mind, you know, when I think, okay, should we, would it be fun to do a podcast show in your hometown? It, it's, it is so much fun because I'm putting that directory together. I'm working with local businesses. I'm putting it on the podcast. I'm going to be interviewed. It's a hoot. I'm telling you, this is the way to go. So much fun. We would be both pleased and honored if you can join us for both shows. If you can make it, our homegrown show can be found at www.eflexonics.com. I'll spell that out for you. E-F-L-E-X-O-N-I-C-S.com. I'll put a link on our page. Now, there are several things that we should cover first before we get to the main content of this evening's show. First, I need to tell you that I love my iPod. As a matter of fact, it's stuck to my head almost every waking moment of my life, listening, researching, and educating myself so I can put out a great show for you. What I don't particularly like or use is the iTunes software platform. It is clunky, chunky, and bloated, in my opinion. It takes up quite a bit of space on the drive, and they ask for my credit card in order to get to the iTunes store. For me... It's a program that could be better designed, more streamlined, and more open-sourced. My personal opinion. That being said, millions of people still use iTunes, and it is my duty to make certain that the listeners of this show can use iTunes in order to download our shows. I understand that completely, so I'm going to be keeping using iTunes, but if you want an alternative to the iTunes download client, take a look at a program called SharePod. And it's spelled S-H-A-R-E-P-O-D. Now, I've, I've put a link in the show notes as well to SharePod. SharePod allows you to download any podcast you want onto your hard drive, and then you hook up your iPod to your computer, to your PC, simple, elegant, and calorie-free. The only time I use iTunes now is when I have to test the system in order to find out if listeners can actually receive our shows via iTunes. Which brings me to the next bit of information. I have to humbly go back to iTunes and reestablish my relationship with them because they haven't seen activity from our podcast shows within the last few months. So they probably made a decision, look, he's not doing anything, eh, we'll shut his show down, which is okay. So maybe about a week to ten days before you can actually use the iTunes client to download any of our shows. Didn't you like how I baited you with the uh, SharePod story before I told you about the iTunes dilemma? So that's kind of a fix you can use in the interim. Uh, if you've got an iTunes uh, client. So let's continue. 
Reflexology is a wonderful and relaxing activity that can be enjoyed almost anywhere. I've studied reflexology with one of the most premier practitioners and instructors in Canada and was eventually invited to teach it through several adult education programs of my local school boards. It was an extremely rewarding process, and my classes were always so interesting, fun, and satisfying. Combining reflexology and Yang-style Tai Chi into one powerful exercise, I personally know that reflexology by itself may not be a cure-all, and it isn't. Nothing is. However, reflexology can be one of the best complements to your day that you can possibly imagine. So much so that I'm creating an entire series of seminars centered around alternative methods of relaxation involving reflexology. I want to lay all my cards on the table and tell you that there are a lot of people out there that don't think much of reflexology. And that's okay, they just need to be educated. Take a look at a web address that has a YouTube video from a person that doesn't believe in reflexology in any way. And they're out there. There's always skeptics for everything. Then as soon as you watch the video and give the naysayers their opinion, then we can bring you a more balanced approach to what I believe is the true core of reflexology. So I've also included that that, uh, URL to the YouTube. Click on that. See what he has to say. And then come on back to to here. Here's what I think reflexology is. Most practitioners will agree that reflexology closely follows the meridians of acupuncture and acupressure. Do you know someone who's ever gone to an acupressure or acupuncture specialist? The majority of folks that I talk to feel very positive about acupressure or acupuncture. Now, notice I said folks feel positive about it. It may be that they've never been or simply have never talked to someone who's had needles stuck in them or fingers pressed on various body parts and at least didn't die from them. (laughs) That's good because, in fact, if they had died from acupuncture or acupressure, we'd be having a very different conversation. So let's at least agree that acupressure and acupuncture have very strong similarities to reflexology, at least in theory. So that that explanation will help a lot of people tie it in. Oh, okay, it's tied in with that. And if you've had a really good positive experience with acupressure or acupuncture, excuse me, for example, if you've had chronic pain and you've gone to an acupuncturist and they've helped you with chronic pain, you're going to have a very positive experience and influence with that. Well, that's what reflexology is. They follow the same pressure points. So meridians. Let's talk about meridians just for a moment. I've had the privilege of meeting Dr. John Thee, the creator of a system of muscle testing called Touch for Health that's based on meridians within the human body and the related subsystems. Here's the link, and I'm going to include the link for the page as well. On the link, you'll find comments and studies from very prominent people, including Candice Pert, Ph.D., John Thies devoted almost his entire adult life to the study of Chinese methods that claim to help achieve balance rather than a quick fix often used by the pharmaceutical companies. During my own personal study of reflexology, my instructor suggested that I take the Touch for Health course so I could gain a better understanding of how meridians and circuits work within the human body. This method of muscle testing, often called applied kinesiology, 
is used by almost 38% of chiropractors in the United States. Did you know that? See, that's such a surprising thing because people think, oh, holistic stuff, but wow, this is big. these are big numbers. Let's pause for a moment here and take a look at some, some of the blending of science of what others call whimsy. We've established that acupressure or acupuncture has been around for thousands of years and has a fairly high success rate. And it's based on the meridian paths of the body. We can also establish that the human body also has its own electrical energy system that can be affected by outside influences. So how then do we explain the mysterious power the Chinese call qi? Which I think is actually an abstract way of explaining the body's electrical systems so others can understand at least the basics of Tai Chi and Qigong. Qigong is uh, a series of exercises that have Tai Chi movements in them. They're very, very good for relaxation. And I study uh, Shibashi Qigong, which is medical Tai Chi, or medical Qigong, sorry. It's very, very good stuff. Do I personally buy into all these hard-to-explain theories, concepts, and methodologies wholeheartedly? Of course not. That would be foolish. Quite often we structure our belief systems on what we've been taught, feel, think, observe, and been disciplined into. Isn't that true? Here's my story and what I have personally observed. When you see my tiny list of adventures, it may give you a snapshot of why I believe what I believe. First, I learned how to meditate based on a close, uh, closely based on biofeedback model of relaxation. Now, have you heard of biofeedback? People go in the hospital and they need to teach scientifically how people need to relax so they can control blood pressure and all this kind of stuff. They put them on a biofeedback machine and they can see their brain waves. They can actually see their brain waves go up and down. As they relax and they learn how to relax, they can see the brain waves slow down and go lower. Biofeedback is huge. And I used to suffer terribly from headaches. And I was on a drug called furanol, and I would take furanol and take furanol and take furanol and then follow up with a, a, some beer after work, and it wouldn't get rid of the headache. What it would do is it would just numb my head. So I used to suffer from cluster headaches for years, and it was easy to learn this particular exercise. Portable, effective, and for me, life-changing. So biofeedback is long established in the scientific community as an excellent tool for self-help and well-being. So I learned a technique similar to biofeedback. You could actually take me when I, when I was all tensed up and you could hook me up to a machine and see the biofeedback go off the charts almost. And when I learned to completely relax, it slowed right down. And you could scientifically prove that, by the way. So the next is alternative therapies. Intrigued me so much that I decided to re research reflexology. I found it fascinating because it could be used with meditation to complement both therapies. I don't think one therapy is as strong as if you combine it with other therapies. So then I studied applied kinesiology and muscle testing was next on my list. I just needed to know more about how the body communicates with itself and why it does the things it does. Muscle testing for me was actually giving me more questions than answers because my instructor said that the body never lies and that it will always want to seek balanced health. 
How could this system of muscle testing communicate deep with inside the body and mind in order to talk to it at a very deep level? I, then I studied. This is where it got really interesting, and, and I, I answered a lot of my own questions. Electronics in college. This is where I was surrounded by some of the brightest instructors I know. One of my instructors studied high voltage in Russia for six years, then taught at a prestigious university in Moscow for five years before coming to Canada to teach in my college. Another instructor had two full degrees in digital design. And, to the best of my recollection, recollection, I seem to remember him saying that it took about six years to obtain just one degree, and he held two. So digital, wow, he was so good at digital design and digital electronics. Barney, my third instructor, completed his thesis at Boeing and then worked for NASA for years before teaching in the college as well. Just talking about my instructors could take up to a couple of hours in this podcast show. But their teachings in electronics help me to understand and practical information from the scientific community and balance it together with alternative therapies and I learn to create well-being for myself. Did you know that your body can easily store up to 50,000 volts in it as you walk across a carpet? I learned that the body has a definite electrical storage collection system and can act as a transformer, a capacitor, a resistor, a power supply, a step-down transformer, and it has unique characteristics of both alternating and direct current systems. And I'll explain that. I have a little whiteboard here. You see, now things are really starting to get interesting for me because I could start filling in the holes in my understanding that I could simply not put together before I combined all of my training and education. It gave me a unique perspective for both science and non-science and the fact that they could both coexist inside the human body in a constant state of flux. That, to me, is chi. My latest adventure was studying Yang-style Tai Chi. My grandmaster's name is Raymond Chong. He studied Tai Chi in China for many years before coming to Vancouver to expand his art and get this. He was taught by one of the original Yang family members who created the Yang style. He's in his 90s and the last time I saw him he still has a wonderful capacity to almost float across the room and warmly shake your hand. He trained another master, who in turn trained my master, in turn who taught me how to feel the presence of Qi when I practice Yang style Tai Chi and Qigong every single day. I practice it every day. At least two to three times a day. Because of the odd combination of training and education, you can pretty well tell me where my system belief systems have come from. <laughs> we'll talk many times about my instructors and the lessons they not only shared with me, but how they influenced how I absorbed their information. I view reflexology as a part of a larger holistic health system that can live in harmony with the hardcore scientifically based thinkers. After all, life is a combination of things, activities, emotions, and unusual twists, as well as terms that affect us holistically. So why not use bits and pieces of a holistic theory to get us back on track? In future podcasts, we will break down some holistic systems and explain them as I see them. Hopefully, the explanations I have presented to you in this podcast will entice you to come back for more. Thank you for joining us. Now, this is where I get out my little whiteboard. 
and I'm going to show you my theory and concept. So th this is really brilliant because watch this. If I wanted to explain to you about electricity, let's say that I use a circle, a complete circle, okay? So we've got a round circle and I'm going to explain a blob of electricity. And we're just using this as an example. So when we talk about alternate or um, um, AC, alternate current, it means alternate. It means one state and then the other. The two states can never be the same at the same time. They, they can never exist in space and time at the same time. So for example, let's cut that in half. So you have a positive charge up here and a negative charge up here. Well, these two states can never happen at the same time. If you have alternating current, alternating means one or the other. Can't have both. So let's do this. Let's take, in order to show you electricity in time and space, we have to divide the circle into two. So we'll do this. Okay? And then we'll do this. Alright? So this is time. So for example, the plus side of this is going to happen here. The minus side of the alternating current is going to happen over here. That's how you explain it relatively so you can see it over time, what happens to the charge over time. Now let's go back a couple of thousand years. The Tai Chi masters, they didn't know what this was all about, but this is the way they explained it. They have a circle. And if you take a look at the yin and yang symbol, what's their symbol all about? Opposites. You can use any symbol you want to describe an opposite. So if you use a plus sign up here, it's plus, that means it's less negative. If you use negative down here, it's negative, that means less positive. So they're opposites of each other. They have to be. Negative cannot be positive. Positive cannot be negative. But when you take a look at over here, the old ancient masters understood the concept of electricity in time. When you put it this way, all they did was they took a blob of electricity, cut it in half, showing you in time, and put it in the yin-yang symbol. And a little bit of this encroaches, that's why it's not a straight line, a little bit of encroaches in here, and a little bit of encroaches in here, but they're always exactly the same. If you took the amount of space over here, it would be the exact same space over here. So it's balanced just like this electrical charge. So in the human body, this is really what they were trying to explain back 2,000, 3,000 years ago when Tai Chi was invented. Everything has balance. You have positive, you have negative. You have good, you have bad. But everything is in a state of balance, also can be in a state of flux. But isn't that interesting that when you take a look at the yin-yang symbol, and then you take a look at how to describe electricity in time, 
that's what you get. So I know it's a, it's a little bit of an abstract way to look at it, but when I saw that, I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. Now Barney, my third instructor in college, him and I got into some great, great discussions. He wholeheartedly believed, and this is the guy that worked for NASA, he wholeheartedly believed in holistic methods. He said one day, he said, Rick, oh no, I said to him, Barney, what's the deal with the copper braces? Do you believe in that? He says, well, let's take a look. When you build a house, it has an electrical system, right? Yes. He said, now, when you build a house and you want to ground the house, what do you do? You take a rod and you drive it, you know, sometimes 8, 10, 12 feet into the ground, and you use copper wire to hook it because it's a cheap, you know, it's a cheap metal, and all of the stray energy... If it, if it needs to go to ground, it will go through that copper wire from your, your box in your electrical panel into the ground and harmlessly discharge. He said he could see, he could understand the principle of people wearing copper bracelets because he said in the body, when you have pain, they've proven this, you have an overcharge or an overabundance of voltage. So he said just like grounding your house, he said he thought it was, a, it was a great theory that if you wore a piece of copper, the excess voltage would somehow be attracted to that piece of copper and ground onto the copper. So I thought that was a really, really good explanation. And he, we had a couple of, uh, a couple of great um, conversations about it. He was absolutely brilliant. You know, he was the kind of guy that not only sat you down and wanted to teach you something, he gave you such great examples. One day, we were sitting there, he said, okay, you're on, you're in a plane wreck, uh, like lost, and you're on an island, and you need to build a radio, and you only have this broken radio, and you have to use pieces of it. So we had, you know, we got a, a couple of, of diodes, and some resistors, and some wire, and we had, uh, you know those cardboard things that, that you know toilet paper roll come on or paper towel rolls and we got one slightly smaller than the other that fit in one and then we had 30 feet of wire and we wound that around one particular part of the cardboard and we used bits and pieces of stuff that you would ordinarily maybe find in, in a dumpster and we built a radio receiver out of it and out of my classroom in Burnaby, British Columbia, I had an earphone there, and, and the test was that you had to listen to the radio station long enough to hear the call letters and then have someone verify. And it usually had to be the teacher verify the call letters of that radio station so he or she could substantiate, okay, yeah, you're picking up from this, this particular radio station. Well, from the classroom in Burnaby, with this homemade little, little thrown-together radio, I was picking up San Francisco, that is a thousand kilometers away, 600 miles away, using stuff that you might find in the trash. It was, and that really taught me, wow. And Barney and I used to get into discussions about radio signals and the health benefits and, and under, under high, high voltage power lines. I mean, you just want to talk about influencing the, the human body? Ask anybody that lives underneath high voltage tension lines or or if the government wants to put high voltage tension lines above their house see how upset they get <laughs> so you see 
our bodies can be influenced by a variety of things. And so it's such a fascinating study. So if they can be influenced by a variety of things, and we know that, then sometimes we can study the results, find out how to prevent it, and find out how to live better in harmony with these stuff. Now, remember now, I am an electronics technician, so I have a, I have a duty <laughs> to prove to you, as best I can, the science of holistic technology. And sometimes that, that's a big job um, of holistic health, because sometimes there's not a lot of science to back that theory up. But here's the deal. We're human with human emotions and human feelings, and sometimes everything can't be pigeonholed into a scientific category, can it? You have to put it into a human category as well. So I hope you enjoyed this week's show, and, and I hope you understood why I'm putting the program together, this podcast show, and my little demonstration about um, electricity and how we split it in half and showed it over a timeline and how it really replicates the yin-yang symbol. I just thought that was brilliant when somebody showed me that. And I thought, wow, balance, yin-yang, positive, negative. It looks exactly like AC. If you have AC, it goes up and down like this, up and down. Well, that's a circle cut in half shown two, two ways, right? So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining us in our show. Now, next time, next time, we will have my lovely wife. And look for my, uh, my activities on the blog. <laughs> what I eat, what I, how I exercise, what I'm doing with the Tai Chi, with the Qigong. And I'd like to have my Sifu uh, come, my teacher in, in Yang style Tai Chi, and come and have a uh, show with us. I think that would be absolutely fantastic. So until next time, this is Rick Holland for Healthy Tech Talk and the Eflexonics Show. Thank you so much for coming, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Take care.